Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. We at Politico have been covering COVID obviously very closely since the pandemic began. And over the last year or so, one of our main focuses has been, at least on the global health team, you know, really trying to figure out the state of COVID vaccinations overseas. I'm Annie Reese, and this is Politico Dispatch. For a long time, we've been hearing that populations um, in low-income countries, for example, in Africa, basically that the vaccination campaigns were stalled. And this is global health correspondent Aaron Banco, who just returned from Ghana. So we chose Ghana particularly because the U.S. government has given quite a bit of money to Ghana in order to ramp up vaccinations and, you know, has given them many doses as well uh, directly to Ghana. So I really wanted to figure out exactly how things were going and what we could say, you know, generally about low-income countries this far into the pandemic and, you know, whether the world did enough. Today on the show, the state of COVID vaccinations in Ghana and whether it's too little, too late. So when I got to Ghana. I spent, you know, about, I don't know, maybe eight days there, nine days. And I did a lot of traveling. I traveled all over. I was in Accra. Um, I was in the surrounding sort of greater Accra area. I went up east toward the border of Togo. And then I went all the way north, almost to the border of Burkina Faso. And so I really got a comprehensive view of how the country was doing. And basically what I found is that vaccination rate in that country is still pretty low. It's about 19.8% of all of the total population is fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's better than the 8 or 9% it was at last summer. Mm-hmm. But it's still not a huge number, right? 19.8% of the, the total population is not, not that great. Yeah. I think the target, you know, population for Ghana and for the government of Ghana is somewhere in the, you know, 25 million people or 20, 29 million people. And of that population, about 25% have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a different metric, but I use it because I want people to understand that although the total population vaccination rate is still quite low, that the country is making progress. The only problem is that the progress is slow. The vaccination mm-hmm. campaign has been stalled over the last eight months or so because people in the country refuse to get the shot. They don't want it anymore. They're sort of jilted. They did want it at the beginning when no doses were available to Ghana. Meanwhile, Western countries were lining up to get vaccinated. Ghana did not start vaccinating the general population until probably late August 2021 or early September 2021. Mm -hmm. And so in that time period, you know, misinformation and disinformation sort of ran wild and people started to believe that the vaccine would either hurt them or that it wasn't needed. Yeah. I mean, even though they were later to get the vaccine than a lot of Western countries, Ghana was the first country in the world, right, to receive the influx of COVID vaccines from COVAX. So you would put the discrepancy between the vaccination rate to like misinformation, you know, and to just like the delay where they really wanted it, people were dying, and then it took months. That's right. So Ghana did get the first uh, COVAX shipment in the spring of 2000. 
21, I believe it was. But that was really, it was very minimal and was just for healthcare workers, frontline workers in Ghana. So Mm. the general population didn't get it until September of 2021. Mm. So there was about a, a good chunk of time there where... You know, people in Ghana were watching CNN and seeing people in Europe and in the U.S. get vaccinated. And I think they felt really forgotten about. And I think that that made them Mm -hmm. angry. I mean, this is not the first time that this has happened to countries in Africa. And so I think that was part of it. I think the other part of it is that people started to distrust the people who were sending the vaccine, so Western countries, um, and to distrust the vaccine itself, thinking it wasn't safe. Others listened to, you know, religious leaders who said that they would, for example, go to hell if they got the vaccine. Mm. Um, but the probably the biggest thing that I heard on the ground was that, you know, white people are coming to kill us. And I think that that notion is sort of rooted in, in this distrust that people in Ghana have for the West. And I you know, it's hard to blame them, especially when many Western leaders got up in, you know, the beginning of their tenure uh, in 2021, including Biden, and promised to get people in low-income countries, including those in Africa, the doses. But they didn't come when they said they were going to come. Mm-hmm. But I, of course, it's other things as well. You know, low, low case counts in Ghana right now. People say, why do we need a vaccine when nobody has COVID? Of mm-hmm. course, it's not true. Nobody has COVID. They're just not testing for it. But also their death rate was quite low. So it's hard to motivate people to get vaccinated when, you know, the the numbers aren't very high. Does Ghana now have enough vaccine doses to vaccinate everyone? The problem now is solely the messaging. So I wouldn't say that Ghana has enough doses to vaccinate everyone. I would say the doses Ghana have meets its demand, right, which is... um, It's quite interesting to actually put it that way, because for a long time, the international global health community was calling on COVAX, you know, Western countries to donate more doses so that the countries could have enough to vaccinate all who wanted to get the shot. That actually changed this year or, you know, over the last six months or so, where now countries in Africa are really um, saying, we don't want all these doses. We want just X many doses so we can vaccinate Y people, right? We want we want mm-hmm. our supply to meet our demand. Um, because I think they're beginning to realize that the vaccination campaigns are are stalled, really, and are not moving as quickly as they thought they were. So, yeah, I would put it that way. Ghana has enough doses to meet demand. Mm. Actually, it probably has more doses than it can get out. I mean, we're hearing from people on the ground that a lot of doses are expiring. So the goal of COVAX and Gavi was to get vaccines to poorer countries. Given what you learned on your reporting trip, was it successful in that regard or has it clearly fallen short? I don't think the world, including COVAX and including the U.S. and including other Western countries, did enough to get doses to countries in Africa like Ghana quick enough. Like they just Mm -hmm. didn't show up when people in Ghana were getting sick and dying. And so in that way, I think the world failed. I mean, and you'll hear people in the global health community say this. Gail Smith, who was, you know, the former State Department COVID vaccine, you know, international lead at State who left uh, last year, she'll say, you know, pretty clearly the world failed. I think she's accurate. And uh, the doses, like I said, eventually got there. 
but it just, they didn't get there soon enough. And so our headline is, is it too little too late? And I think depending on who you speak to, people in Ghana will say, yeah, it's kind of too late at this point. And others who say, we're, we need to keep going. But um, mm. I think people feel more disheartened than anything that, yeah, we finally have enough doses. And, you know, this is more difficult than we thought it was going to be. You mentioned before the promise that Biden and others made about getting vaccines to these low-income countries. We've seen that Ghana right now has basically enough vaccines to meet demand, as you said. But like, even domestically, COVID funding has been a huge point of partisan contention, right? And like the Congress needs to keep kind of like doling out these these millions of dollars. With regard to countries like Ghana, how long does the funding, the current funding last, do you think? So USAID is the main U.S. agency that has been providing Ghana and other countries like it um, aid in terms of COVID aid specifically, and that aid has been earmarked to help these countries ramp up vaccination rates. So Ghana has received or is earmarked to get about $27 million from USAID for that specific purpose. Um, obviously, it's received, I think, somewhere around $11 million even before that $27 million came in for just general COVID efforts. But that money... I mean, that's it for Ghana, really. I mean, unless Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill can put their heads together and find a way to get another supplemental bill passed that would include maybe just $5 billion, if not more, for global COVID efforts. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, then these programs are going to die out eventually. That'll probably happen, you know, during the summer. So it's a big problem. This is happening more and more, not just in the U.S., but across you know, the world, Western governments are rolling back their COVID aid, not only domestically, but are, you know, severely cutting back on their global COVID aid as well. And so when we talk about last mile efforts and getting shots into arms, look how difficult it is for people in Ghana to just get one person to take a shot. It requires, actually, I think the most important part is it requires people to go and convince others, right? And that that's mm -hmm. the vaccinators that these health facilities have to hire on to just go out into the community and to talk to people. They don't have that going for them all the time. These health districts can only do that in these national campaigns. Normally, they just try to set up shop at like a church or under a tree in the center of town and hope that people come to them. But that's that's not going to do anything, right? So this, mm -hmm. this global COVID aid is very important. The people that you came into contact with and we're speaking to is there like are they pissed off I mean you know we're in the year 2022 it's been two years since the pandemic I mean this is kind of an exhausting place to be in I would imagine yeah sadness and sort of most people we met were disheartened by the situation it's almost like here we go again right mm. there was all mm -hmm. this money that was pledged and now it's going away because people are want to forget about COVID and move on I mean, this happened post Ebola, this happened post other infectious disease outbreaks where money flows for a few years and then it goes away and that's it. And we forget, the world forgets, and then it happens all over again. And we say, this time, we'll make sure we're ready and we'll make sure countries get what they need. 
But I think for people in Ghana in particular, they're sort of used to this. They're used to operating on very minimal resources with minimal help. And again, I think it's a credit to the doctors and nurses and other healthcare workers in that country that they've gotten as far as they've gotten on COVID, even though the numbers remain quite low. But the world is set to forget COVID in these next few months, not only domestically here in the U.S., but just worldwide. And COVID, you know, you are all everyone say on the global health platform, COVID is not over, but they're acting like it is. Aaron Benko, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also in the news, a Michigan Court of Claims judge suspended enforcement of the state's currently dormant 1931 abortion ban which could be instated if Roe v. Wade is overturned. The judge also said that Planned Parenthood has strong likelihood of winning an ongoing legal challenge over the law. And in a rare public hearing on UFOs, the Pentagon's top intelligence official on Tuesday vowed to apply, quote, rigorous scientific analysis to learning the origins of UFOs. Ronald Nutri, the Defense Department's undersecretary for intelligence, told the House Intel Subcommittee that the Pentagon is committed to a focused effort to determine their origins. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>